Everyone hear me okay? Am I up? Up. Thank you, Billy. Um, as I said, I just sort of asked Billy at the last minute, would he sing something? And he sang two wonderful pieces. And what if this was your last chance, friend? What if tonight was your last chance? And you're not right with God. And you're not saved. And you've never been forgiven of your sin. There's only two places. Heaven or hell. Lost eternity or with Christ, which is far better. Will you turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah? The prophet Isaiah, please, in chapter 50. I had to take my jacket off. I was already sweating. Is anybody too warm? Yeah, could we maybe turn that down even? Turn the temperature down, someone, please. It's really... It's really warm, especially up here. It's very, very hot here. Isaiah 50, please. And we're just going to read one verse, but we're going to look at other scripture. But for our basis this evening, Isaiah 50 and verse 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light. But let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his word this evening. As I say, keep your Bible open for we will be referring to it as long as well as uh, quite a lot of scripture. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven. And what it says, it means to us. And Lord, we thank you that you are forever the same. Yesterday and today and forever. You change not. And Lord, we can lean our all on you. We can place our hope in you. Our salvation is from you. And so, Lord, we rest, we trust in you alone, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for the blood that you shed, Lord Jesus, at Calvary. We thank you, Lord, when the blood flowed from thine own divine veins. Lord, it paid my debt in its fullness. You cried it as finished for all who would come. Under the fountain of blood would be washed from all of their sins. Father, we pray if there's one or some tonight who's here and, Lord, unsaved and not ready, even as Billy has sang the gospel and song, not ready for the kingdom to come, not ready for the Lord Jesus Christ, nor should they leave this scene of time and stand before thee. We pray, Lord, if there's one unsaved, that you would speak to their hearts tonight. May they see the urgency and the need of the hour and the days that we live in. And may they come to saving knowledge and saving faith in Christ alone. We love you because you first loved us. We thank you you haven't left us bereft. You haven't left us alone. You haven't left us like orphans. But, oh God, you've come to us in the person of thy spirit. And you live in our hearts and in our breast. You're in our minds and you're in our life. And we thank you you keep us every day. Oh, we thank you for matchless, abounding, sovereign grace. And so, Lord, to that end, we ask you to settle our hearts and our minds and take away any opposing thought any distractions from us that we may focus on what you would have to say to each and every one of us, that Christ would be glorified and lifted up and exalted and his name alone would be high and magnified in this place tonight. We ask it for Jesus' name's sake and for his glory. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't know this chapter especially, we think of chapter Isaiah chapter 53 uh, and it's the the prophet under the foot of the cross for he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all the prophet under the foot of the cross around 750 years before the event even happened, prophesied and told of the coming 
Christ. But you know, in our chapter, in chapter 50, the Lord Jesus Christ and his suffering, especially the night on which he was betrayed, is so strongly placed in the prophetic order here. We'll look at it, God willing, in a moment. On Tuesday, the 8th of September, 2022, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II died. Her funeral was on the 19th of September. Would have been hard, uh, difficult to escape the, the coverage of it. We were told there were 10 days of mourning before her funeral. And you know, I was in Spain, walking down the seafront. And Jody, my eldest daughter, said, Dad, I've just read on the phone that the Queen has died. And lo and behold, there it was true enough that she had passed away. And there it was a shock because even throughout, we were home earlier than expected if you know, because Alison wasn't feeling too well. We came home earlier, so we watched a lot of the coverage. But there was something that was said over and over again that really stuck in my mind, and I could not just get away from it. When they picked people on the street or wherever they were and asked how they felt and what they thought, one of the most said things was, she was there or she was all I or we knew for most of it, if not all of our lives. 70 years of reign, well, you would expect that. Queen Elizabeth was a surety and a security to people with more than one commentator. And this is what's really grasped me. One commentator speaking to another throughout the time of watching. They happened to say over and over again, Queen Elizabeth was a constant. That's why people mourn so much And she was, the word was stay, S-T-A-Y. She was a stay to the people and a stay in the nation. It made me think when I was in Spain, when the news broke, that on Sunday the 5th of June 2022, just during this year, I preached on a title called The Lord on a Throne, The Son on a Cross, and The King on a Horse. And this came to my mind again, thinking about it as I heard this news. So while Alison wasn't looking, because I wasn't meant to have a phone with me, I messaged Andrew and contacted him. And I said, Andrew, do you remember this sermon? And it was about, it was the time of the Jubilee. And he said, I do, but I don't know the exact date you preached it. And he went and looked for it and he sent it to me because I had mentioned something in it. Being the 70th Jubilee anniversary, I said that it spoke of how Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6 said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up on his tree and filled the temple. And Isaiah being a priest, he was always looking to Uzziah, the king in Judah. He was always looking to him for his security, for his surety, because the king was a protectorate, if you want, of the prophet or the priesthood or the church. And that's what should have really happened the whole way throughout our years. The government should be a protectorate in law, from divine law, a protectorate to street preachers, a protectorate to churches, that they have No say in how we worship. And hence I was thinking about this and I went through this in my head. Think of how many people, the commentators especially, had mentioned the word, she was a stay. Just like Uzziah. I had preached it at the, uh, the Jubilee anniversary. Uzziah dies. And the protectorate of Isaiah was gone. His stay, his constant was away. And hence, Isaiah was concerned. But really, when the earthly king, Uzziah, was removed, if you remember, if you can recall it, I know it's a few months ago now, I said that once he was removed, he said, I saw the Lord. I saw the real stay. I saw the real constant. I saw the real protector. I saw the real provider. I saw the real saviour. And it wasn't in an earthly monarch, 
but rather in the King of heaven. You know, this evening, the King of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, God on the throne, he is still, he is still to this very day, moment and hour, he's still our salvation. He's still our protectorate. He is still our provider. And so we want to look a little at this because tonight we want to speak on stead upon Jehovah. Stead upon Jehovah. So I looked up this sermon when Alison was sleeping because it was meant to be away and she didn't want me doing anything. She wanted me to rest. And I looked it up and Andrew gave me a rough idea of how many minutes in I could forward to. And I just picked a little line out. It was a little bit more, but let me just, and I just jotted it down. I said, I wonder in this year, that is the Queen's 70th Jubilee anniversary, I wonder in this year, is there something significant going to happen because it's a 70th Jubilee? Because in Scripture, 70 was an important number. 70 was an important number. Now, we looked at it. We can't go through all of that. And then I said, Isaiah said, in the year, whatever part of the year, was it the next day, a week, a month? Was it the end of the year that he saw the Lord after the going of Uzziah the king? We don't know. But what we do know is this, is that in this year from the Jubilee, something has already happened within a couple of months or so, a few months and Queen Elizabeth died. Also on the 6th of September, we had an announcement on the same year, the announcement on the steps of 10 Downing Street of a new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. And it certainly has been significant in the 70th year. Before I left for Spain for, for the two weeks, I, I preached on this subject, Jacob's Pillow, Jacob's Ladder, Jacob's Vow. On the Sunday, I Finished on the night, I went away and I talked of the Leofoil, talked of the Stone of Schoon and how a monarch was, would be crowned upon this. And little did I know, within four days, within four days, the queen would be dead. It is really magnificent to think that God in his word warns his people. So we have a new prime minister. We have the death of a queen and we also have now King Charles. So what are we left with? Something significant. We're left with something we don't know what Liz Trust will be like. We have no idea if we can trust, trust. Can you trust her? I don't think you can trust any of them, by the way. So we are left in government level with this. In their monarchy, we are left with King Charles. And any of you know me, you know I've said before, I'm I'm a royalist, but at the same time, I'm not stupid. He's a globalist. He's a globalist. And we need to be praying that the Lord will reach that man's heart and that the Lord will save his heart, that the Lord will save his soul because here it should be that There is a man who loves God in government and on the throne to protect the church. But in all of these things, brothers and sisters, we have to remember that we are in unsteady and in uncertain times. The UK and the world is unsteady at the moment in every single avenue. In finance, it's unsteady. I don't need to tell you of the the money that's, uh, that's being taken from the people's pockets for the treasury. I don't need to tell you of the money and the taxation upon the people. You're taxed on everything and you're taxed in every way. There's taxes on everything and and we are slaves to the system. You may not think it, you might not feel it, but they have us under a Babylonian monetary system and we are slaves to the banking system. So the UK is in every way and the world unsteady and the world and the West is uncertain. For example, society at large 
is becoming more and more and increasingly godless, secular, humanist, atheist, Marxist, socialist, and communist, starting from Westminster to Stormont, from the Doyle to Washington. And we can go on, and this is what is ruling the nations. Even the very, the very programming of your children's programs, they're bringing in the ungodly actions of teaching your children through their very little cartoons which seem innocent that somebody has two mummies and two daddies. In the beginning, God created a man and a woman to be together. And hence, these are the things that they are underpinning and underlining. And our souls of our, of our nation, the souls of the people in our land are in grave, grave danger. I wonder how many, from how many pulpits, wonder how many Christians, even in their workplace or wherever, are willing to take their stand and, and speak up and speak out for the glory of Christ and for the truth of the Word of God. Notice we have war looming, world war looming. Russia has threatened nuclear war. And if NATO would just leave Russia alone, then maybe we'd do better. And I know everybody thinks Russia is the big bad bear. And although Russia doesn't need much prompting, and Russia can be warlike, and especially Putin, a KJB officer and agent, is now in charge of Russia all of these years. I know that. But I also know that if NATO would stop poking the bear, it might not rear up on its hind legs to eat them. The Ukrainian people are suffering for it. Talk of war among them. Let's trust on the 20th of this month. This is what she said. You ready? This is a woman in government. This is a woman leading the country now. This is the woman who's your prime minister and we're meant to trust, trust. She said, higher energy bills are worth paying for our security. Higher energy bills are worth paying for our security. You mean, Miss Truss, higher energy bills are worth paying for our security like 9-11 was and sending all the soldiers to unjust wars in, in Afghanistan where thousands of people died? Thousands of Afghanis died? Or is it like the war that was sent before where they went into, into Iraq? After weapons of uh, mass destruction and they found none. And that sort of security, because this is what they tell us to focus in. They tell us this to, to bring our attention. They tell us this, that we will miss what's happening around the outskirts and the rest of it. And while we are so focused, focused on COVID, focused on the division of who does what and who believes the other and who's here, there and everywhere. And what they do is they divide to conquer and then they come and they're charging horses and they say, we will rescue you and we will buy up the businesses and close the little ones and help the multinationals and we will tell you how to be happy. We will give you a little of what you need when you need it, and we will soon be running your bank account because we'll know what you're doing. Now, I'm just running you past this because this is what they're doing. And we're all fixed and we're all focused and everything else is happening in behind it. So like 9-11, mistrust, so all our energy bills. Now, let's be honest, every one of us are looking at the price of oil, aren't we? We got our oil just before it went up again. It was great. We got about 200 pounds cheaper. Not telling you where I live in case you're saving it. <laughs> Come and get it off me. But isn't that the truth? You see, our eyes are fixed, our eyes are focused on all these earthly matters and all these wicked vices. And that's what they want us to do then to bring us into despair, to depression, into anxiety, where the where the people can't heat themselves as heat or eat, and that's the all these uh, buzzwords that they come off with. And so what they do is they're, they're doing all of this and behind it is the spirit of wickedness. You find here, they're just like 
just like the wars that we heard of. And then after COVID, what came? The war with Russia and the Ukraine, all focused. You know, it dies down again, doesn't it? But it's still going on, apparently. But it's all dying down again. And it keeps you focused and it keeps you away from what the real matters are and the spirit that's working behind these things. Monkeypox. And the fear in the hearts of men and women, they will generate fear. They will propagate fear. And they're telling you of fear. Fear this and fear that. You must be locked in, locked up, and you can't go out. And it can be fear after fear after fear. What do we do in a time like this? What will the world do? What should, what should our land do? What should our nation do? And our reading it says to stay upon your God. Stay upon Jehovah. And in Hosea chapter 9 and, and in verse 7, listen to what is thought of the prophets and the those who are of a spiritual understanding. It says, the prophet is a fool and the spiritual man is mad. Notice, it's the prophet is a fool. The, the prophet here is the one who is a spokesman for God. Now, I want you to understand this. And, and when I'm telling you what I'd preached before, and on Jacob's pillow on the stone and the queen dying. I'm not a prophet, neither am I a son of a prophet, as the prophet Isaiah said himself. But when we preach the word and we have prayed and the spirit is showing us, we don't know the day nor the hour. But God speaks before it happens. Now take note. The prophet is one who is a spokesman for God. One who brings God's word to the people. Where are the prophets in 2022? The men who brings God's word to the people. The men who will speak even if they're going to be slandered after it. Where are the preachers of the gospel and the preachers of the word of God? And I'm not talking about the simple gospel message because that's vital. We need it. So I'm saying nothing against it. I'm talking about those who will seek the Lord and know and understand the times in which we're living in and by the Holy Spirit being shown the things that are happening in our land and in our nation and being unafraid to speak up and unashamed of Christ and his word. Today it's more, well, we'll have a little meeting and we'll just let you all go home happy. We'll pump up your tires and you'll not be challenged. You won't be informed and, you know, you know we're all like mushrooms. Mushrooms are kept in the dark and they grow, they grow the manure, aren't they? We worship in a mushroom house here, don't we? But we're not kept in the dark and we're not growing the manure either. The reason I'm saying all of this is because it's vital to what is happening in the chapter because God is saying to Israel and he's saying to you and to me, he's saying to the United Kingdom and Ireland, he's saying to America and Canada and we could go on. And what he is saying, he's saying you need to stay upon Jehovah. You keep your eyes on him. Keep your heart in tune with him. The prophet is a fool. That means one who despises wisdom and becomes very quarrelsome over things. And the spiritual man, the man of the ruach or the wind of God or the spirit of God is mad. You know what the word mad is? The word shaka. And it means the man or the woman. Listen, you go, now I'm not talking about you being so hyper-spiritual. You go floating around the place and you try to start prophesying over people and all this sort of stuff and it's all just nonsense and there's nothing in it. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the cheese sandwiches. You've had too many of them and you're, you've had so many, many dreams that they all must be true. Heard a woman prophesy, brackets, one night. She says, oh, I've seen a handkerchief blown across a field. And what? That was it. And what? We need to stick to truth. We need to stick to scripture. We need to stick to the word of God. We need to stay upon Jehovah. Notice here, if your eye go to try to witness and take our stand, 
You be prepared. And this is what scares people. And I, People might say, you shouldn't tell the people this because they'll not do it then. Well, that's between you and God. It's my job to tell you. It's your job to do it or not. They'll say the spiritual man, the spiritual woman, those who love Christ and his word, they are a fool. And it gives the idea to rave through insanity. He's a nut job, that man. He's insane. See that man in CT, and listen, I get it like that anyway, so I'm used to it. He's nuts. I'm not nuts, brothers and sisters. I know who my Lord is. And I know that I'm in tune with him. Without a stay was what people said. Without a constant. And we can, even in our lives, you know, if you've had a, a, an old grandparent or you've had a, one of your parents and you always think they're going to live forever, don't you? But you know they won't, but you always think they'll live forever. And there was the same even with the queen. People thought, well, she'll live forever. And nationally, people were just thrown into chaos. This can't happen, yet she's a woman. She's a human being. Without a stay, without a constant, a nation, a society, an assembly of church believers, a person, an individual, is unsure and unsteady and insecure. And so they are vulnerable from attack, listen, from without, and they are vulnerable from attack within. And that's what's wrong with the church. The attack came from without to within, and then the attack came from within and separated and divided everyone. And do you know what the New World Order's motto is? Out of chaos, order. They cause chaos. They cause chaos. And out of it comes, well, we are your savior. We are your constant. We will be your stay. And we will be your supplier. And they bring in order from from that which they, they have done among us. So in our reading in Isaiah 50 and 10, it says, Who is among you that feareth the Lord? Notice that obey the voice of his servant that walketh in darkness and hath no light. Let, his trust, let him trust in the name of the Lord and his stay upon God. What's the answer for Ulster's problems? Is it another political party? Dear help us. What's the answer for Ulster's problems? The Lord Jesus Christ. For Ireland's problems, the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here, Let him stay upon his God. There's a young woman, Frances Ridley Havergal. She was born in 1836 and she died about 31 years of age, 1879. Young woman. She caught a severe cold which progressed into an inflammation of the lungs and then it was even worse than what we would expect it to be today. And she was told how seriously ill she was by the medics, the physicians, and the doctors. And this is, this is her words. The young woman told, you're really seriously ill, and you could, we think you're not going to make this. This was her words. If I am really going to die, it is too good to be true. If I am really going to die, it's too good to be true. How many of us really believe in heaven? How many of us really honestly, truly believe in the kingdom of God, the glory of Christ? How many of us really believe in heaven? Because surely if it's so good and so wonderful and so great and and it comes to our door, then surely it would be too good to be true. Do you get where I'm coming from? Do you get what I'm saying? This is what this young woman in 30 years of age or so This is what she said. If I'm really going to die, it's too good to be true. Now listen, Francis Havergal survived the illness. And she later penned a hymn called Like a River Glorious. Which she took from Isaiah 48 and verse 18. 
all that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river and thy righteousness as the sea. She also looked at Isaiah 26 and in verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stead on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Notice, whose mind is stayed on thee. And in our reading, Isaiah 50 and 10, and stay upon their God. The word stay, stay is the word sha'an. It means to lean upon, to trust in. It means to rest on. It means to lie against or to lie upon. To stay upon the Lord. Again, listen to Isaiah. These are all from Isaiah, this prophet. Isaiah 10 and verse 20. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as are escaped of the house of Judah shall no more stay upon him that smote him. We stay upon the things of the world. We stay upon and we rest upon, we lie upon, we hope in, we trust in the things of this world. When we're challenged, many of the times it could be with your job, whether you will stay upon Jehovah or stay upon the job. You take the job. We stay upon the government. That's what they want to do, that we will be completely and totally reliant on them, on a communist Marxist ideology. We stay upon it and the things of it and the world of it. And It says here, and shall no more stay upon him that smote him. And this is what brings us down. It, it's detrimental to our health and to our wealth and to our welfare. And especially to our spiritual well-being. And shall no more stay upon him that smote him. But shall notice stay upon the Lord. We're, we have the choice here to stay upon the things we trust in. And we worry about and we have anxiety over. Or we can stay upon the Lord. Jehovah. Stay upon the Lord. In fact in verse 21 of Isaiah 10 it says. The remnant shall return. Even the remnant of Jacob. Unto Jehovah. In order to rest upon him. So this woman Francis Ridley Havergal. She wrote like a river glorious. Is God's perfect peace. Overall victorious in its bright increase. Fuller yet it floweth. Fuller every day. Perfect yet it groweth. Deeper all the way. Stayed upon Jehovah. Hearts are truly blessed. Finding as he promised. Perfect peace. And rest. Who knows that old hymn? Will you help me sing it? Have I got the words of it? There we are. Like a river glorious Is God's perfect peace Over all victorious In its bright increase Perfect yet it floweth Fuller every day Perfect yet it groweth are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect 
Let's sing just the chorus again. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace. Come on, sing it one more time. Sing it loud. Sing. Hallelujah. We we'll love you, Lord. Hearts are finding as He promised perfect peace and rest. You know, Excuse me for using this young woman so much tonight. I don't usually do this, but listen to what she said. In perplexities, we cannot tell what to do. When we cannot understand what is going on around us, let us be calmed and steadied and made patient by the thought that what is hidden from us is not hidden from him. And brothers and sisters and friends tonight, There's a lot of things going on in our land, in our nation, among the governments, not only the the British government, but the Irish government and all the governments of the world. There's things going on behind closed doors, secret things that are happening, skullduggery and evil and wickedness and plans and purposes are going on. And it might be hidden from you and it might be hidden from me, but it's not hidden from him. And the thing is, maybe your heart is dark and your heart is hidden from me. Your heart is hidden from all other people and you're not saved and we don't know your heart, but your heart's not hidden from him from the Lord. Isaiah 50 speaks of Israel's Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, coming. And this chapter speaks of his ability to save. In verse 1, he's reminded that the house of Israel had gone, the northern kingdom, and he asks, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I have put away? He says, I divorced them, but the southern kingdom of Judah, he's saying, you're not divorced yet. You're still in your land. You've still got your king. This is when Uzziah was going to die or had died, pardon me. I want you to see what he says unto them, what he says to you and the I to the United Kingdom. See what he says to our people. Our people have fallen into great wickedness. Do you know those who call themselves, I put it in a bracket, Protestant? Do you know those who call themselves Protestant and put that purposefully into a bracket because they know nothing of, of biblical Protestantism. They know nothing about being saved. They know nothing about the glories of Christ. They have heard it in schools and Sunday schools. and They've maybe been to churches and they've been to youth meetings and children's meetings, most of them for uh, all their childhood, even growing up, and they're, they're like burnt over hardened ground. But the Roman Catholic community, there's many of them getting saved. We have some here, among our crowd here tonight, our congregation, saved by the grace of God, just like you were and just like I was. Notice this. He says in verse 1, Behold, for your iniquities have you sold yourselves, especially Ulster, especially the the people of Ulster who has heard the gospel, who sat at their mother's or their grandmother's knee, who's had prayers over them, who's been to these sort of meetings, who's heard the gospel preached, who knows a Christian, whether it's in work or in school or university or growing up in the streets, a Christian family who's maybe witnessed to them over and over again. And the Lord says, behold, for your iniquities you've sold yourself. You should know better, Israel. 
And for your transgressions is your mother put away. He's saying, do you not realize the things I've done to Israel, the, the northern kingdom? He's warning them. He's putting out a warning. He's trying to get Judah to waken up. And he's saying to Judah, look what happened to the northern kingdom. Look what happened to Israel. Will you not take warning? I'm trying to, what all of this to run up to these words that we're saying tonight. Friend, would you waken up if you're not saved? Would you waken up and hear? Would you waken up and see what's going on in our land, in our nation? Would you waken up and see how close it is to the coming of the Lord? For our people are a stiff-necked and a hard-hearted people. Wherefore, when I came, there was no man. When I called, there was none to answer. You tell me as the people that we once even knew, maybe even went to Sunday school with, and you're saved by grace, brothers and sisters, and you know the power, the changing power of Christ, and the washing of the blood by faith in your life. You know it. And those who you were around and those who you sat with and went to school with or wherever it was you were with, you see them and they, they hate the things of Christ and they hate the things of God. We have been privileged in this land. We have been privileged in Ulster. We are such a privileged people that the Lord has placed this book into our hands. That the Lord had placed men throughout the pulpits across this land, this little spot in Europe, for years upon years upon years, to thunder out the unsearchable riches of Christ and, and the glories of our God, and to warn the nation and the people of that which had happened before is coming to our land. And we laughed at it, we scorned it. And look now what's happening in our land. The wickedness in the streets. The vile debauchery. The aborting of the children which was never, never in Northern Ireland. The murder of the innocent. You see, whenever you can, when you can release terrorists from all persuasion, terrorists who slayed people with innocent blood and let them go free and put them in government, then it's nothing to slay the innocent in the womb. And that's the way our nation has went. And that which is good is now bad, and that which is bad is now good, and that which is light is dark, and dark is light. The Lord will require the price of all that innocent blood to all of them, lest they repent of their sin. And plead for mercy. None answers anymore. None wants to turn to the Lord anymore. And he still says, Is my hand short and that I cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? This, this God we serve, this fairy in the sky they call him, this invisible friend that we Christians believe and they say, uh, this one who does not exist and a bunch of goat herders put together a book over one and a half thousand years and it's all coming to pass yet it was uninspired because it's just a bunch of goat herders who wrote it all together. That's what they think in Ulster, evangelical Ulster. How can we blame them when the churches are empty? Thank the Lord for the crowd we have tonight on a Sunday night. Churches have had to close their doors on a Sunday night because God's people just decided to stay home. And some of God's people decided to stay home because the churches closed their doors. Both ways. Have I no power to deliver, the Lord says. And behold, at my rebuke I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their face stinketh because there is no water and death for thirst. And all he's saying, he's saying, this is the power I have. I, the reality of God. I clothe the heavens with blackness. 
Do you see that whenever the Queen died? You know what I noticed? I was watching it on a TV in one of the wee shops, wee restaurant. I was standing in my shorts and my flip-flops. Well, not flip-flops, sandals. And I'm looking like I said it. Couldn't get over it. I mean, wow, this has happened. Sky was black. Turned black. And the rain was bucketing down. And then two rainbows appeared. And God tells me in the darkness, he's always in control. Listen to what he says in verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. What the prophet's saying? I'm hearing from God for the people. I'm hearing from God. I'm searching what even what the other prophets have spoken. I'm searching the scriptures to see whether of those things be so. And because I see them, the Lord that I'm in tune with God, he's speaking to me and he's telling me what's happening in Israel. Do you know four times it says the Lord God? Verse 5, for the Lord God openeth mine ear. First of all, he gives him a tongue for the learned and an open ear. And he wasn't rebellious. And then verse 7, the Lord God will help me. And then verse 8, behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that condemns me? In other words, justification by faith alone. I'm justified by the blood of Jesus. Now here's where I want to bring you before we go much further. Boy, time is flying and almost flowing on us. Well, I'll do that another time. I was going to go somewhere else. Will you look with me at verse 4? For the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Do you know this is prophetic of Christ? This is, this is now the Redeemer. The Redeemer looking. God himself in flesh. But the flesh is to come. This is the Redeemer. This is the word speaking through the prophet. God is ready to redeem. And nobody says, this is Christ. And when he comes in the flesh, this is prophetic of him. When he comes in the flesh, John 7 and 46 says, never man speak like this man. That's what they said when they went to arrest him. They wanted to know, well, why did you not arrest him and bring him to me? And they were listening to the words of Christ. He had the tongue of the learned. In other words, the father opened his mouth and gave him a tongue that he would speak the things of the father. And this is what they said, never man speak like this man. Here's Christ all through this. In Matthew 7 and verse 29, it says, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The tongue of the learned. In verse 5, The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. Notice what the Lord Jesus says in John chapter 5 and verse 30. I can do nothing of mine own self. I can do of mine own self nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. What does it say in verse 5? For the Lord God hath opened his ears. In other words, he came God in flesh, very God of very God. He was man of very man. Here he is, the eternal one, stepping into time. And he's saying, as a man, as a man, I do nothing. But I say, hear my father. He's opened my ears. He's given me the tongue to teach and to preach and to speak. But he's opened my ears. That I will hear him and what he has to say. Go with me to verse 6. I give my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my, va- my face from shame and spitting. I take note of this verse because we are told that they did spit in his face in Matthew 26 and verse 67. The Lord Jesus, they did spit in his face and buffeted him and others smote him with the palms of their hands. Now, now take note, let's, let's just settle down for a moment. They bring him. And the lovely Christ is there before them. The impeccable son. The spotless law. Who did no sin. Who knew not sin. Was yet without sin. 
holy, harmless, and undefiled, separate from sinners. Pardon me for being crude. Into the face of the Son of God. Into the face. To the face of Christ. They smote him with the palms of their hands. They beat him with rods. They buffeted him. Matthew 27 and verse 26 says, And when he, Pilate, released Barabbas unto them, the Jews, and when he had scourged or whipped Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Notice what he says in Isaiah's prophecy. Now remember, this is 750 so years before. I gave my back. I gave my back. I gave my back to the smiters. They whipped me. And the prophet is saying, and the prophet is even going through trial, and the spirit of prophecy is testifying of Jesus. See here, in verse 7, For the Lord God will help me, therefore I shall not be confounded. Therefore I have set my face like a flint. Notice, I have set my face like a flint, and I I know that I shall not be ashamed. In John 14 and 50, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. He's nothing to accuse me of. I'm just. He's nothing to accuse me of. The devil, the prince of this world, whether that be through Pilate, Herod, or in spiritual form, I don't know. But he comes to Christ and he scars him with his rotten, visible features to see if Christ had sin within him. And he says, he comes to me and he finds nothing in me. Nothing. The lovely Christ of God. Listen, when he hung on the cross a few hours later, he he hung there because he took your sin and mine. Because he died for you, young man. Older man. Because he died for you, young woman. Older woman. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 51, it says, And when it came to pass... When the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Notice what it says. I set my face like a flint in verse 7 of our reading, of our chapter. Jesus set his face as though he was going to Jerusalem. And one of the translations means he steeled. It was like steel. His features went like steel. There was no moving him, no changing him. He steeled himself. He steal his face. I'm going to Jerusalem. But you're going to die. They're going to take you. They're going to manhandle you. They're going to beat you. They're going to bludgeon you. They're going to bloody you. And they're going to crucify you after they've whipped you. And he sealed his face. He set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem to die for me. To die for you. To die for you. He done it for you. To die for you. That you might be forgiven of your sins. That you might be saved by grace through faith in Him. That you might be in the heaven that we spoke about earlier that Billy sang around about. Are you wanting to go to heaven, friend? Then you must go by the blood of the Lamb, by the way of the cross. Trusting in Christ alone. I must close this. Thank you for your attention. Verse 9 says, and the Lord God will help me. Do you know, after he died, Acts 30 and 13, pardon me, in verse 30 says that he was in the tomb, but God raised him from the dead. 
God raised him from the dead. See, this one in this chapter, God, in the sense, helped him when he says, Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. The Father helped him. With strong cries and supplications, the Hebrew writer says, he cried unto God that he might be that he might go free, as it were, or he might be released from death and not from the cross to die, but that the Father would help him in the sense to raise him up from death. That he'd go right into the dead and God would raise him again on the third day. Let me finish with this, will you? Ezekiel, please. 33. Here's what I'm trying to do. Not only tonight, but through my ministry, but here's what I'm trying to do tonight. I'm trying to do it for a soul in here tonight. I'm trying to do it for a man or a woman, a young person tonight. I'm trying to do it that for the Christian tonight that we would see where we are and that we would we'd be ready to redeem the time for the days are evil, as Paul has said, Isaiah 33. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the children of my people, and say unto them, When I bring a sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he saith the sword come upon the land, and he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be on his own head. I'm trying to be a watchman. I'm trying to tell you that there's a sword coming. It's either a sword from wicked people in the high echelons of society. It's a sword from the, the, the dark spiritual arts of the world. It's, it's, a, it's the sword that's coming upon the people and upon the land. But it's also a sword. It's a darkness that's coming. And it's coming for the souls of men and women. It's called death. Just like a queen died at an old age, so someone can die at a young age. And I'm warning you to get right with God. I'm warning us that something is coming, something is brewing in the air, something is happening, and people are putting their trust and their stay upon everything else. But if you put your trust in Christ tonight, you're stead upon Jehovah. You're trusting in him, and he will never let you go. Verse 6 says, If the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people are be not warned if the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. In other words, if I don't warn you, and there's ministers, there's men in pulpits across the land, Many are just pulpiteers, prophets for profit. Many are, 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 aren't shepherds at all, but they are wolves in sheep's clothing. They will not tell the people. They will not warn the land. They will not tell the nation what is coming upon the land, nor the people to repent and turn to God again and trust in Christ. To be stead upon Jehovah. And the young people are dying before us. Our young people are being programmed that they don't need God and he doesn't exist. But yet one day you'll stand before him, young man. One day later you'll stand before him. It's my job as a watchman to tell you and to tell Ulster and Ireland and the people of our nation and whoever else will hear that you must be born again. Must be right before God for Christ is coming. If you're not ready, whether Christ comes or calls, then you're in trouble, my friend, forever. So thou, son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. That's what that says. God says, warn them from me. I know you'll go to a church and there'll be nice black walls and the lights will be down low. And be a nice ambience with smoke machines and different colored lights swirling around sometimes. And 
you know, and they play some fun and games. And it's really, you know, they do all sorts of things to attract the crowd. And to do all, I know all of this is happening in different various shapes in sizes and forms across the land, and there's a little uh, a little thought given, maybe 10 minutes here or 10 minutes there, or they'll sit with a satellite upon the stage and have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a, a glass of water where they just talk casually to the people that they might go home and they won't be fell out with the preacher. Well, listen, preacher, if the people aren't even uh, either annoyed at their sin or annoyed at you, there's something wrong. Because this gospel offends This gospel offends the flesh and the dead heart of sinners. This gospel offends the men and women of our land. But God's people rejoice because they're saved and they're ready. Are you saved tonight? Are you ready? He's coming. Who believes he's coming? We don't know who they are. We don't know the day. We don't know who they are. But the king is coming. The king is coming. I believe he's going to come. He's going to come in power and great glory. And we will see him come in the clouds. I believe he's going to change this body. When I was away on holidays, I twisted my hip and couldn't walk for two days. Alison was sick and I was walking like this. And people say, did you have a great time away? And I went, oh, I burned it. <laughs> I'm not going to have that. <laughs> I'm not going to have that. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more diabetes. There'll be no more depression. No sorrow. There is coming a day. 